is coming up now on Established in the Faith. The Lord loved this young man, although he stood before him and told him a lie. The Lord loved him. Let me go a step further with that. The Lord loved him enough to tell him the truth. And the church today needs to start loving the community out here and start telling the people the truth in love. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles, would you turn with me please to the gospel according to St. Mark. Mark chapter 10, we're going to pick it up in verse 21 today, Mark chapter 10 and verse 21. Then Jesus beholding him, and this is talking about the rich young ruler that came to Christ, Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions." And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, the poor rich man. The poor rich man. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning we come before your throne of grace. We thank you for all of your many blessings of life and life itself. Lord, this morning I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice today. And Lord, you know the needs of your people. And Lord, I ask that you anoint me today and anoint your people. Anoint me, Lord, to rightly divide this word of truth and to bring forth this word that I believe you have given unto me. And anoint your people to hear it and to receive it, Lord, that the needs might be met, whatever those needs might be. And Lord, I pray that questions will be answered And Lord, in some way, we'll all be drawn a little closer to you. It's my prayer today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. The Bible tells us that this rich young ruler came to Christ when Christ was gone forth into the way. Before I go any further, I want to deal with that for just a moment because There are many out here in the world that do not know the way of God. Sadly and regrettably, much of the church does not know the way of God. When Jesus was 12 years of age, the Bible tells us that he went missing from Mary and Joseph. And they searched for him for several days and finally found him in the temple talking to the doctors and the lawyers. Uh, 
And he was asking them questions, and they were asking him questions, and they were astonished at his knowledge. And when Mary and Joseph found him, they asked him, Why have you treated us this way? And Jesus said, Wished ye not, I must be about my Father's business. And those are the first recorded words of Christ that we have in the Word of God. Know ye not I must be about my Father's business. And the last words we have of Christ recorded in in John, the Bible tells us that right before Jesus died, He said, It is finished. In essence, Jesus was saying, I have finished the Father's business. If you want to know what the way of God is today, what the will of God is, it is the cross of Jesus Christ. It was the way of God, the will of God, for Jesus to come into this world, live a perfect life, die on a cross for you and I, and be raised from the dead the third day. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the way of God, the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to get that. You need to understand that. And while Jesus was in the way, the Bible says that this rich young ruler came to him. It is recorded in three of the four Gospels. And if the Holy Spirit tells us about something one time, then of course we need to pay attention to it but to relay this story to us three different times should tell us something of how important it is here is a a young man who was famous but yet the bible does not go into much detail as it pertains to his fame Here is a young man who was a ruler, but yet the Bible is silent over what particular area he ruled over. He was a young man. He came running to Christ. He was in good health. And the Bible says that he had great possessions. This young man had everything that Much of the world out here desires to have and would die for. But he was troubled. He was lacking something. And the Bible says that he came running to Christ. And he knelt down at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now... He came to the right one. Oh, let me tell you, he came to the one who could satisfy the void in his soul. He came to the one who could solve his problem and answer his questions. And if you and I had been there to observe the posture of this young man... 
on the outward appearance, he comes running to Christ. He kneels down at the feet of the world's Redeemer. And we would look at that and we would say, oh man, he's got his act together. But I submit to you this morning, this young man only had a form of godliness. And he denied the power. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? I'm trying to tell you something this morning. Not everybody that comes and kneels before the Lord Jesus Christ is saved. Let me go a step further. Not everybody that gets in that baptismal tank is saved. Not everybody, oh, let me go a step further. Not everybody that stands behind that pulpit and preaches is saved. Well, how do you know, Brother James? This man did not know the one of whom he knelt before. Because he addressed him as good master, good teacher. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's only one good. And that is God. In other words, call me who I am. He was telling the young man, I am God. Much of the world out here, they don't want to hear that. They don't believe that. Now, most out here, if you ask them, they, they might believe in God. And as long as we leave it in the generic sense, you're okay. But when you bring it right down and you say that Jesus Christ is God, that's where you strike fire. That's where the problem's at. That's where the offense comes in. When you say that Jesus Christ is God. The world out here says Jesus, he was a good man. He was a good teacher. He was a good prophet. He was all of those things, yes. But God, no. 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. Dana, if you will, put it up on the screen. 1 John 5, starting in verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. That's the witness of the Holy Spirit. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. You make God a liar when you don't believe what God has said. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. There is no life outside of Jesus Christ. Verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And that name, ladies and gentlemen, is Jesus Christ. And this young man comes to Christ and he says, Good Master, 
What can I do to inherit eternal life? This young man asked a question that a lot of people have. And his question is revealing because this young man believed that he could do something to earn eternal life. And much of the world out here believes that. They believe that if they do enough good works that one day they'll stand before God and God will put all of my good works against my bad. And if my good deeds outweigh my bad, then God's just going to let me go on into heaven. Sadly and regrettably, much of the church believes that same doctrine. And that doctrine has sent more people to hell than anything else. Trying to get to heaven through and by your good works is like going on a car lot to buy a brand new car with a truckload of pine cones. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. They're not going to accept that as currency. Why? Because it's worthless. Man owes a debt to God. It is a sin debt. And there's only two ways to pay it. That's to die and go to hell and burn forever and forever. Or either accept what Jesus Christ did for you. Because what he did for you was the price that was paid. And that price was sufficient. What Jesus Christ did at Calvary was enough. And needs nothing else added to it. All you've got to do is place your faith in what Jesus Christ did at Calvary. What can I do? To inherit eternal life. Let me tell you something. There are some who think that because they are born Jewish, they're saved. There are some who believe that because they live in America, that they're saved. There are some that believe because mom and daddy are saved then I'm going to be all right. I'm going to ride in on their coattail. No, honey, let me tell you something. God has no grandchildren. You've got to be born again of the Spirit of God yourself. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ yourself. What can I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus took this young man to the commandments. Now, keeping the commandments won't save you. But Jesus took this young man to the commandments because he's answering him on the same grounds for which he asked the question. What do you mean by that, Brother James? Well, you, 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 can't, you can't fix a problem unless you know you've got a problem. And he took him to the commandments. He said, Mark 10, verse 19, he said, You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor your father and mother. We all know the Ten Commandments. God gave the Ten Commandments to show mankind just how bad off he really was. And when God gave those Ten Commandments, Israel said, Oh, that's no problem. We can keep that. And 1,600 years, nobody was able to keep 
the law of God perfectly. Nobody. And Jesus points this out to the young man, showing him what the problem is. And this young man looks at Jesus right square in the face and said, Oh, I've kept them from my youth up. I wonder how many people out there really, truly think that they've kept the Ten Commandments. Well, let me, let me go a step further with that. How many Christians think that since they've got saved, they've dotted every I and crossed every T as it pertains to the Ten Commandments? How many? The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that even those of us that are saved are constantly falling short of God's glory. We're falling short of keeping those commandments as we should. And the Bible says, Mark 10, verse 21, that the Lord beheld him. This young man, Lord, I've kept those commandments from my youth up. I've observed them. And the Lord just stood there and looked at him. It was more than just a look upon the outward appearance of this young man. It was more than just looking upon his face, his physique. It, it, it went deeper than that. The Lord looked down deep inside this man's soul and looked down deep inside the heart of this young man. This young man stood before God naked, bare. The Lord seeing every wicked, vile thing he had ever said or done or thought. Let me ask you, if the Lord looked in your heart this morning, what would he see? Well, Brother James, if the Lord looks in your heart, what is he going to see? Oh, let me tell you what he's going to see. He's going to see the blood of Jesus Christ. Because I put it there upon the doorpost of my heart when I was 12 years old. And God reached down through the corridors of time. Came into this world. And said, if James was the only one, I'd come and die for him. And I thank God for the day that he fingered around my heart. I'm here to tell you today, if you've applied the blood of Jesus Christ to the door of your heart, that's all he sees. He sees nothing vile, nothing wicked, nothing ungodly. All sin has been washed, cleansed, justified, just. If I'd had never sinned, the Lord looked at this young man, saw every wicked, ungodly thing he had ever done. And this young man stood before God and lied. And Jesus had every right to call fire down out of heaven and smite him on the spot. But John 3.17 tells us that Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn, 
the world, but he came to save. And Jesus beholding this young man, the Bible says that Jesus loved him. The Bible tells us, Romans 5 and 8, that God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves you today. He loves you. And the Lord loved this young man, although he stood before him and told him a lie. The Lord loved him. And let me go a step further with that. The Lord loved him enough to tell him the truth. And the church today needs to start loving the community out here and start telling the people the truth in love. Jesus looked at this young man Loved him. And he said, there's one thing you like. There you have it. The confrontation. We don't like to deal with it. We don't like to address it. We'd rather steer away from it and just tell the people to accept Christ as the Savior and not deal with the sin. See, I I don't get any pleasure telling people that they don't need to be shacking up. I don't get any pleasure telling people that, that they don't need to be in a homosexual relationship. I, 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 don't, I don't get any joy out of it. And I don't gain any popularity by saying these things. But it's the truth. And the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And the Lord told this young man the truth. And the Lord knew, looked into his soul and knew this young man was going to get up and walk away. And reject what was said. But the Lord told him the truth anyway. And God give us preachers today that will preach the truth of God's word despite who walks out the door or who comes in the door. He told him. Go sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Now wait a minute. The young man could have got up and done that. And that would not have saved his soul. That was only a starting place. That was only a starting point. It's the next little thing that we need to look at. Verse 21, Mark 10, take up the cross and follow me. You see, the Lord hit at the very heart of this man's problem. It was greed, selfishness, and faith in riches. And it was breaking the commandment of loving your neighbor as yourself because this young man had the ability to help others in his community who were literally starving to death, people who were hurting and dying and sick, and he had the ability to help others, but he would not. The Lord hit at the problem of this young man's problem, and then he gave the young man the solution to his problem, take up the cross daily. That's what Jesus said in Luke 
chapter 9 and verse 23. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself will be a castaway? What will a man be profited if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? Here was a young man that had great possessions. And he was saddened by that saying. And he walked away grieved. And there's no record that this young man ever came back to Christ. And today, he'd give everything to be where you're sitting at this morning. He'd give anything to have that opportunity to stand before God again and ask forgiveness. But it's too late now. All good deeds and acceptance of Christ as Savior must be done on this side of the grave. And here was a man that had everything but the main thing. I'm going to ask you this morning... Have you got the main thing, or are you a poor, rich man? If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252 299 you can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 